0: Welcome to The Crap and the Crazy with Tash Critter. Tash owns Little Wooden Toy Box and is mother of two teens, both with autism, ADHD and PDA. Ten years in early intervention, working with the kids' OTs, speeches and psychologists has given Tash unique insight into understanding difficult behaviours and why they occur, as well as understanding how emotional regulation and sensory input impacts us and our behaviour. This insight has helped Tash design and implement resources and coping strategies to make home life calmer and more organised. Join Tash as she talks about day-to-day life with autism, the sucky bits and the wins, plus tips for enjoying life despite the challenges. Hello, this episode is about poop for no particular reason other than poop and autism tend to go hand in hand quite literally so So, yeah children are disgusting um mine we've just got so many poo stories so i'm like other families are gonna have poo stories so it might make you feel more normal sometimes you just gotta laugh rather than rocking and crying in the corner so our our poo stories oh uh, it's been eaten in our house i thought it was a chocolate cookie it wasn't a chocolate cookie I, I'm not going to say which child, or... Oh, they were little, they were really little. And, oh, they're disgusting. My girl, when she... This was really cute. In the mornings, she would sing. So she's in a room in the cot, so she was under two. And she would sing, she's just happily singing. And like for her, because we didn't get a lot out of her, um, and you didn't see personality very often, her singing was, it was really cute. So I left her to it like in the morning. She was happy. And um, yeah, then we'd go in there and she'd been singing while painting with a poop. So yeah, poop unfortunately is built in sensory play, it would seem. So it it's smushy and it's warm and... Ah, it's disgusting anyway sorry i've got my own sensory issues as most people will with poop but kids don't seem to care and um yeah that was fun that was fun cleaning up crusty poop from the cot and it was it was more a kick off the nappy situation painting with our ankles not ankles heels heels is the word i'm after Yeah, that was fun. Uh, My boy would do weird stuff in the night as far as sensory went and, you know, waking up in the morning or getting a drink of water at night time and there's brown chunky stuff all over your light switches. And so he would trail his hand along the wall till he got to the light switch. And then you could see the light switch was turned on and then another trail at light switch height till he got to his destination, which was the fridge or the cupboard or whatever. That time it was peanut butter. Yeah, so that that didn't happen with Pope. Ew. But other times he would, like, you'd wake up in the middle of the night or in the morning and he'd just be standing there breathing near your face and his hands would be brown and he'd be going like this, like you were, if you can't see me, like you were washing your hands. And I'm like, and you're just thinking, you're just hoping, you're just hoping it's chocolate. Because when you're asleep, your smell senses, Go yeah, which is why it's really important to have smoke alarms because you don't necessarily smell smoke in time in a fire. So you, you don't smell it to start. You see it first, and I'm like, there is no chocolate. There's no Nutella. There's it. no. It wasn't chocolate or Nutella. And those those mornings were fun. And yeah, sadly, more than once on all those. Occasions. I hadn't planned on going down this path, but now that we're talking about poop, we might as well. So autism comes with that um, upset gut health. I don't have it off the top of my head as far as the correct terms and the reasons why and whatever else. But as a general rule, it comes with gut issues. And my boy used to poo 12 times a day. So we would go through 12 to 24. It would have been more 18 to 24 nappies a day um with him because he was just a little poo machine and not 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 little nice poos like explosive poops and if he'd just pooped so you know you're supposed to you feed them one side and then i would have to wake him up because he'd fall asleep because he's a runty little baby and then in changing his nappy so mid-feed He would poo while you're changing his nappy. So it would fire out his little butthole, hit me in the belly button and run down my body. Oh, and it was every change that happened. Okay, maybe not every change, but it was at least once a day. Yeah, so one or more of those 12 nappy changes and poos and so much poo and then all the washing that goes with that. And then back then, modern cloth nappies were a big thing. I don't know whether they are now. I'm not dealing with more poop. We deliberately won't get another pet because I cannot deal with more poop in the house. But back then, everyone was doing the modern cloth nappies, so I should be doing the modern cloth nappies and there's just buckets of various soaking poop around. Um, I don't know how long I did that for. Too long, too long. So pick your battles as a parent, especially when you're a special needs parent. You don't have to do everything. You don't have to keep everyone happy. Yes, look after the environment and that, but look after your mental health, yeah? Once your mental health is out the window, then everyone's in the family is at at risk, yes? As far as poop goes, I have zero useful strategies because my kids tended to do it, so my girl would do it when she's singing in the morning, so that was painting the cot with poop. My boy grew out of that stage, thankfully, and look, I don't know how any parent would deal with that i obviously didn't have to deal with it for longer i'm talking about the he must have scooped it out of his nappy he would have had to have scooped it out of his nappy i think to then play with it like play-doh um but that stage didn't last for that long i just remember it in one particular house and we weren't there too long and it never happened in the houses after that so Sometimes it's just a stage, yes? So if you're in the middle of this, it might just be a stage. It might just go away by itself. But there's other families where it's an ongoing every single day issue or every single sleep or whatever else. I would encourage you then, because I know other parents have strategies, go and ask in your local um, Facebooks additional needs groups or ask other parents where you've got some. Um, I should stick links on the website as well for two here. I don't know whether they're just WA based, but there are other families out there. If you're in one of those pages and it's a safe space to ask questions, you can do that anon- anonymously as well. Ask other parents that have been through it. Um, You're much less likely to be judged in a additional needs, special needs, disability sort of group because other people will be living this day in, day out as well um whereas some of this stuff i mean look i know i've just said it in a podcast but i'm years past dealing with this now um but yeah there there are safe places to ask and if you have questions as well feel free to pm me on facebook because i'm happy to hear about your stories and give any two cents worth um that i have from my experience and it'll also help as far as future podcasts as well for you know, questions that other families have that they're going through and things that I may have forgotten or the less obvious things. And look, just because I've got two kids with autism and ADHD and PDA and whatever other letters, um, it doesn't mean that I've experienced everything there too. Yeah. So if we're going to talk about poop, we might might as well talk about spew. This one, I do have a few more strategies for. So my girl would regularly, weekly, if not more often throw up in the car, which we thought was, um, car sickness, which I think still is a part of it, but a bigger part of it, which I didn't realize cause I didn't understand the sensory, um, processing issues, but her pants, her, the elastic around her waist was enough to make her throw up. So being folded up in a car seat, which is a bit squishier around the middle than a normal chair, um, That was enough to make her throw up. And the amount of times cleaning apple porridge in particular out of all the bits and pieces of the car seat in the bottom parking level of a shopping center, uh, it happened way too many times. And yeah, it must have been inconsistent enough to not be prepared every single trip. Or look, I was probably just that sleep deprived that didn't think it through but that's still an ongoing issue even now. So yeah, some things they grow out of, some things not so much. But looking at the the sensory side of things, so what could actually be causing it and understanding sensory profiles like to me before having these kids, my kids, um I would never have thought elastic could make you become so physically sick that you throw up but that that's a whole nother world of i don't know knowledge experience whatever that you're exposed to when you have kids with additional needs and look it may not be elastic for your kid it may be something else that sets them off it may not be vomiting it may be you know another way um migraines is one for me when my clothing is too tight yeah which i would never have put them together until realizing that my kids were similar yes And, you know, understanding how sensory input can impact our moods and how we're feeling and then how we behave. And it's a kind of like a domino effect. Yeah, I know I've gone off tangent here, but I hope this information, if not being useful to you, um, just, you know, bringing up creating awareness of autism is just not avoiding eye contact and having meltdowns. Yeah. There's so much more to it. There's so much more. So you can imagine the behaviors that you see are like the tip of the iceberg. There's so much more going on underneath that when we begin to realize what these are and understand what they are, have empathy because of that understanding, um, then we tend to parent very differently. We see situations very differently. So instead of, You've just eaten too much again, which that in itself is another thing um, that's interception. So my girl, she doesn't know when she's eaten too much. And throwing up is a fairly good indicator that, yes, you may have. But it's not always that. Yeah. I guess long story short, I'm hoping some of these stories, some of my experience, um, will be things that you can relate to as a parent with kids with autism or an educator with kids with autism in your class or whether you're a support worker however that looks for you Um, and to know that there are other people out there going through this too. So I wish I had have had, you know, any of this when my kids were little. Um, I had really good, a really good speechy and OT. So they understood the sensory, but it's still, you know, it was whatever I could pick up through therapy sessions. So hopefully through these podcasts and also the sensory profile and emotional regulation um, training on the website, that you can pick up some tips and strategies and begin to see things differently and understand what's going on and therefore be able to parent differently and more effectively and, you know, have, And build those relationships with your kids that are otherwise really difficult to do when they're screaming all the time and when you're constantly setting them off because you don't understand what's going on versus when you start to understand you can read their behavior a bit better you can see when they're escalating you can put tools and strategies in place and yes it takes time and effort a lot of trial and error Um, but at least having a toolbox can help you you know, go through that process a little bit smoother. All right, I'm going to stop there today. I will talk to you soon.